1: Hey everyone, I'm Ian Borja, and welcome to IMDB's Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. This week's guest is actor William Jackson Harper. William joins me today to celebrate his 2020 Emmy nomination in the Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series category for his role as Cheedy in the hit comedy The Good Place. William and I talk about the final episode of The Good Place, what parts of Cheedy's wisdom he takes with him as The Good Place is over, and the two movies that changed his life. Once again, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to give us a star rating and leave a review because every single one counts. Thanks again for listening. Now here's Movies That Changed My life with William Jackson Harper. William Jackson Harper, honor for you to join us here on Movies That Changed My Life. How's your day going so far?
2: Good, good. You know, just uh, another day in the house.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, you got some awesome news uh, not too long ago, you have just been nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series uh, for your role of everyone's favorite philosophy nerd, Chidi, in The Good Place uh, in this year's Emmys. So, so how does that feel? What was it like getting that nomination?
2: Uh, it was n- nuts. I, uh, I was actually in the middle of doing a little at-home workout before our appointment with our dog psychic, um, actually the term is animal communicator, but... Um, uh, it's just more fun for me to say dog cycle. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you know, that was sort of the real pressing thing on, uh, my, my girlfriend's mind was just like, Whoa, finally get to the bottom. What's going on with Chico. And then like Michael, my publicist called me right in the middle of this workout or not even the middle. I think I was like just getting started, just slowly like willing myself to do a push up, And, um, <laughs> he called and he was like, Oh my God, you got nominated. And I was like, what? And. And then I told my girlfriend, she was like, what? And then I called my mom and she was like, what? And it was just, you know, a whole lot of that for a solid half hour. And then we got on the phone with the psychic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the finale of The Good Place yet, the final episode is fantastic. In particular, you're a character of cheaty, Like your last moments before, you know, when you're speaking with, with Kristen Bell's character and when you finally take the leap through like the arch you know, what struck me and what struck, I'm sure, plenty of people watching is that Cheaty from four seasons ago, that would have, it would have been a four episode arc yeah. of him deciding whether or not to walk through those arches. Yeah. And it's so beautiful when he goes, I'm ready. And then he just like walks through. He doesn't sit at the bench that's set there for him. You know, when you, when you read that in, in the writing or in the you know, script read and stuff, did you get any heads up from Michael or any input that like you wanted Cheaty to end sort of like with his decision, like being finally being like, this is what I want?
2: This was one of those things, I, I think it's indicative of the journey that Chidi had been on. Second-guessing himself is just part of his DNA, and it's something that he actively decided to change, you know, like in the last few episodes. And, and so that was one of the points that Mike wanted to make. This is the end of his journey because this is the thing, this is his biggest obstacle is being decisive and it was you know i gotta say i was i i I mean i I think maybe just i wanted more time and i i wanted to deliberate on it and to kind of go backwards a little bit but i think it's like a really wise decision on behalf of 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 mike in particular in in writing this last episode for it to be Mm -hmm. sort of an unprecious you know goodbye once the decision is is made you know, the hard thing is saying goodbye to to Eleanor. That's that's the hard mm-hmm. thing. Saying goodbye to think about my friends is the tough thing. But the decision is actually easy because it's just time.
1: Um, f- For a, a podcast called Movies That Changed My Life, I think a lot of people treat The Good Place as a show that really, like, changed their lives for a very positive way. You know, it, it kind of came in a very... Uh, interesting time I think in American pop culture it was this light of positivity and goodness um, and sort of uh, in a different way it tackles philosophy obviously Chidi tackles that in a very strong way um, do, do you have thoughts on people who have been like so deeply affected by uh, you know by by your show and your character in particular
2: Oh I I, I mean I feel like there's something in our current, political and social climate that that necessitates a need to, to, to see optimism in mm-hmm. some way. And, you know, I, the world feels really dangerous. And it seems like everyone's out for themselves and no one really cares about anyone else. And I think it's really encouraging and comforting to see people who are investing deeply in each other and making decisions for each other. And I think also the fact that our show has a little bit of snark and and, and bite <laughs> while still being rooted very deeply in optimism um, is, is something that I think a lot of people gravitated to. And it's certainly something that, that I gravitated to and something that I really enjoyed about the show because going to work was going to a place where these are the ideas that we're exploring and this is the way we're going to explore them and, I, I, have definitely needed that in the last few years. So, um, to me, there's certain aspects of people really sort of latching on to, to the show that it, that just makes perfect sense to me. Um, yep. cause things are just more frightening now.
1: So last question here on Chidi, do you have a favorite chidi or a favorite maybe, uh, philosophy or philosophical line that you had to learn, um, that sort of stuck with you beyond the character?
2: Uh yeah, uh, actually, uh, something that Chidi said in the first season. Uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but yeah, it's yeah. like a, principles are principles when you pick and choose when to use them or when to mm. apply them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's something that I've actually run into a couple of times. Where you know I, I've had to make some decisions in the last you know couple of years that financially would have. Been great, and I thought I was a crazy person for for deciding not to engage. And you know, here I am, like a year, years, and change away from some of those decisions, and I feel good about that. I feel good Mm -hmm. that I decided to not do something that would that would cause me to sacrifice my moral stance on something. And I, I feel like that's kind of that's that's really at the at the end of the day, that's that's what I've got. You know, like it, it, I've got my principles and um, if I, I I I have to adhere to them, even when it costs me something and being able to apply that. And I think being on the show and being confronted with all of these ideas so often made it something that was very front of mind when faced with with that decision. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, that definitely that's stuck with me.
1: Well, congratulations again to you and. All the other Good Place nominees. Outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series. Um, looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited. Rooting for you. I was a big fan of Cheaty, big fan of the show. Hoping you guys come out on top that night. Thanks. Um, so let's move on to the movies that changed William Jackson Harper's life. Two fantastic picks. Revisiting one, I have not seen the other, and we will get to that. But uh, So the first one... Uh, which is 1992's Malcolm X. It is a 7.7 out of 10, with 83,000 ratings on IMDb. Uh, Directed by Spike Lee, screenplay is written by Arnold Pearl and Spike Lee, based off the book by Alex Haley and Malcolm X. The film stars Denzel Washington as Malcolm X, um, Angela Bassett, Albert Hall, and Al Freeman Jr. Fantastic movie. It is uh, best described as a Three and a half hour epic biopic, uh, which it is. You know, movies were longer then in general, but even for then, it's still a very long movie. Um, so, w- when was the first time you saw this? I saw it
2: in middle school, actually. Um, okay, I was living in Texas, and I was um, I was actually going to this very uh, very conservative, charismatic Christian school. And I remember my teachers having a big problem with Malcolm X, the man. And, I you know, I was impressionable at that time. And I felt like, you know, what they were saying was correct about him. And I remember the movie coming out and having very mixed feelings about, you know, this guy that I had been told was was a questionable character. You know, and there were very few other uh, other black kids at my school, and the this uh, this girl in the gray below me, Rachel, she had seen it, and she was not buying what we were being fed at school. And so I, she talked about the movie, and and she she talked to me about the movie. I remember I'm, I don't remember the exact conversation, but you know I remember her saying something to the effect of, you know, people want to paint him as this guy that just Hated white people from the beginning of his life to the very end, and that's all that he was. And he wanted violence, and that's all that he stood for. And it's just not true. And so I went to the movie. Uh, my mom actually took me. I remember my mom. I, I remember say, coming home and saying some of these things to my mom, and my mom was like, "What they're telling you is not actually. That's not true. That's uh, that is a way of looking at him that I." is 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 very biased and um we should see this movie and we went and we saw it and it um uh, it changed everything it sort of just made me be a little bit more discerning about the information i'm taking in from people and i remember actually reading the book after mm. and also revisiting the movie several times over the last uh, Lord, like 20 something years and just thinking, this is my favorite bio. Like I, I of, of, of any bio of anyone that I've seen, this really moves the story from the beginnings to the end without it mm-hmm. feeling like, um, like we're just checking off eras, you know, like rather than mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. feeling it, 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 there was, there was a way that the movie moved, which felt like a real journey rather than just hitting the bullet points. And and watching Denzel Washington perform in that book, I mean, forget about it. Forget about it. That's one of the best performances committed to film, period.
1: Yeah, he – I was doing research that he, like, went very – obviously, he – very deep into research um, into the film. Like it got to the point where he knew what glasses to pick from like the prop area based on what day they were shooting like in Malcolm X's real life. Wow. Like if he knew he was speaking at this, he knew which set of glasses to pick up. it's okay, like he wore these on this day, kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as like a, you said you were seventh grade, right? Like how long did it take for you to sort of process sort of like all the messages that, Not only Malcolm X was speaking about, but also Spike Lee was speaking of, like as a filmmaker telling his story, like you know. Or did you capture it all in seventh grade? Did you have more conversations with your mom about it after, like, or was it sort of something that kind of molded over time, like you said, twenty something years?
2: I think it sort of molded over time. I just remember watching the movie and feeling like, how could anyone look at this man as as dangerous or evil? Uh, You know, I I, I as and it was, it was, um, for me, it was like a, an awakening as a, as a black kid, you know? It, it was, it, yep. it was, I, I felt, I felt empowered. I, it, it was really inspiring to see someone take power and to not, not ask, not be, um, polite about it, but to, to take up the space. It was something that I, I just, I, I I really latched onto. And so that was the, that was my first reaction. And, and I think that sort of with the life that, that, you know, the way my life was at the time and with Mm -hmm. the people that I, you know, was frequently associating with, I hadn't, I, 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 I I guess I just came to resent the, the narrative that had been fed to me regarding Malcolm X and it just, it, it sort of woke me up to be like, don't believe everything you hear from adults. Yeah. It's just, like, <laughs> yeah. just you know, they have their biases and they have their opinions and they're going to say them as if they're fact. And, you know, just like come to your own conclusions. It was like, it was a moment where that that sort of thing just, you know, like w- woke up in me. And another thing, you know, uh, it's uh, just going back to Denzel's performance, I feel like sometimes I... I watch people give a really good performance playing, uh, you know, an, an, an historical character or someone who really existed, but there's something about it, which, you know, it is, there's a degree of mimicry there, which, you know, has to be there. And I understand sure. that. I just never felt that there was an ounce of mimicry anywhere. And so it just sets the bar so high <laughs> for anything that comes out later, you know, in any performance yeah. for me, you know, it's like one of the things that I'm afraid of doing is, act, you know, actually playing an historical character at some point because it's like what Denzel Washington did with that part is just so far above and beyond anything that I've seen. Mm. I, I just didn't, I didn't feel any. It didn't feel like he was going to get the character. I was just watching Malcolm X, right? You know, it, it was yeah. it was nuts.
1: Um, so something about the film Malcolm X that really struck me also is that when Spike Lee was trying to make the film, uh, WB wasn't giving him enough money to make it for the length he wanted to. They were going to give him like two and a half hours and a, you know, a couple million dollars off of what he wanted. So in response, Spike Lee decided to forego all of his salary and Denzel Washington decided to forego most of his salary. And then Spike Lee actually went to uh, Oprah and Michael Jordan um, to help finance the film because they also thought it was an important story to tell. And I think it's cool because, and then after WB saw the rough cut, they actually gave him more money for it. I mean, and I feel like part of that is they wanted to, you know, Oprah and Michael Jordan, and I'm sure the other people who helped finance, it wanted to make sure that people like you, uh, you know, a young black kid, getting a chance to have the story corrected, it seems to have paid off.
2: No? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, well, thank you, <laughs> Michael Jordan and Oprah. You <laughs> changed my whole outlook on everything. Yeah, because yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's a hugely important story. And, you know, the other thing is that movie doesn't feel like it's that long. No. It I, no. I, I, it doesn't feel like a long movie to me at all. That's, how do you do that? How do you pull that off?
1: Yeah, it's it's an efficient three and a half hour <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, my last question here on uh, Malcolm X is that, uh, you know, Spike Lee, he does a lot of things with, uh, especially in his, You know, very politically driven movies, which a lot of them are. But recently, like Black Klansman and The Five Bloods, and this, he and Malcolm X, he uses footage from real life events to incorporate it uh, into the film to give the film context as to why he's making this film and telling the story. Obviously, at the end of Malcolm X, he uses real footage of Malcolm X over a really beautiful monologue about how can anyone think Malcolm X is a hateful person when like, you see his smile, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually opens the film with real footage of uh, Rodney King and the L.A. riots. So as a seventh grader, did you kind of comprehend that at the time? Were you sort of aware of, of the Rodney King riots and, and that going on? Oh, yeah. 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 So, so what was it like to see it on screen and like not in a, um, not in like, not like on a news story or anything like that?
2: Well, I think it was just like for me, it was like a moment that I, it, it felt like, I guess I thought that that sort of thing was over. You know, mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a black man being beaten by the police and, you know, like, the fact that I'm not, I'm not sure if this happened by the time the movie came out, but all those officers getting acquitted and there being no, I I, I guess I thought like at the time, well, we have videotape of them just beating this dude, like within an inch of his life. Like that's, that's not going to fly. Right. That's we're past that now. And I I think that that was something that I, I, I was like, Oh, I guess we're not as far from those times as, I thought, you know, it's cause I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the, the, the footage, you know, that I would see from, you know, in, in, in school about the civil rights movement, you know, like at the time, those images were 20 something years old. And to me, right. I mean, when you're like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, it's like, that's a long, long time ago. That's <laughs> yeah. a long, long yeah. time ago. And yeah, now rodney king is a long long time ago but it's like oh right it's not it's not that it's not like all the people that committed these hateful hateful acts just all disappeared they mm-hmm. all had to go somewhere and those points of view all went with them and infected other people and so seeing that in that movie was like one of those things that sadly it just sort of like it sort of just like Made me put my guard up a little bit more, and be a little mm-hmm. bit more mm-hmm. aware of what's going on around me, what's being said, how people are reacting to me, um, in a way that I just hadn't really done, you know.
1: Yeah, and then you know, obviously, unfortunately, now it is, you know, kids watching movies like Black Klansmen or Defy Bloods today. They're saying, "I thought that was really long ago." Yeah, uh, not that long, you know, guys. Not that long. Yeah, it's a. It is an unfortunate cycle uh that that we do tend to see but you know uh, hopefully uh the you know new films from spike or other people you know jordan peele making these movies that are challenging sort of social constructs can have similar effects on people the way uh malcolm x the film had uh, on you so i know you were working on this uh right before covid started um but talk to us about the barry jenkins project for the underground railroad that's going to be coming to amazon prime later
2: that was a great experience working with Barry Jenkins, who's like a personal hero of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a few days, it took a few weeks to not be scared of him, just because he's a dude who's my age, who's a lot smarter than me, and was, <laughs> you know, whenever I recent Academy Award uh, Best Picture, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it, I, it, it's like when you when you're in the presence of of a of a great. Artist, or at least when I'm in the presence of a great artist, I'm just like, oh Lord, this is the moment where they find out <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. And um, but it took a little while to to kind of get over that. But then I think I, I got to say, like he's just like a a great collaborator, really really smart, really beautiful story. I was a huge fan of the book and
1: that won the Pulitzer Prize, I think, in 2017. Yeah,
2: yeah and it's uh, and I think it dialogues so well with a lot of things we're going through now, even things that we're going through a few years ago. A lot of the same questions that have been asked since the outset, you know, since the, the founding of this country are still being asked. And I think this, the, this story really, really dives deeper into those, those questions and um, gives you a, a parallel to sort of rethink the way we're looking at our lives now and our society now. And I think people say that about a lot of pieces of art, but I really, for me, it's mm-hmm. just, it's hyper personal.
1: Uh, one other thing is, so you are doing the Williamstown Theater Festival. Um, it's called Animals, and it's by Stacy osei uh directed by Whitney White. And um, from what I understand, it's an all audible play. Yeah, yeah. So can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, it's um, it's about old friends and new couples and race. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a really vicious infuriating entertaining play and uh it's it, yeah so it's going to be all it's going to be all uh, on in in audio it's going to be an audio play so that's something different you know the thing that's mm. really great about being in a play is being in a room with your castmates and with an audience and you're experiencing this thing in real time and you're going through the entire thing from beginning to end and you know, it'll take on a life of its own once it's, once it's in front of an audience. And that is not what we're doing. <laughs> this is driven by dialogue. <laughs> and we're going to have to do all of that, that work that we normally do with our bodies. Um, we're going to have to just put that into our voices. And that's going to be interesting. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a fun challenge. You know, I was actually just rehearsing for it today. And, um, you know, honestly, I, I got frustrated with myself. And, you know, because it's, it's just a new medium and it's a, and, and trying to navigate these things without being able to actually be in the space with your scene partners right. is, is, is difficult, but the play is really something. And I think it's going to be special.
1: Awesome. Well, people can look forward to that. They can search the Williamstown Theater Festival and the play is called Animals by Stacey Osei-Kufour.
0: This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Visit SleepingDogsMovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's SleepingDogsMovie.com slash Wondery.
1: Um, Let's make the jump to 2002 for the second movie that changed your life. This is City of God. It is an 8.6 out of 10 with 684,000 ratings on IMDb, directed by Fernando Morales and Katia Lund, uh, written by Paolo Linz. He wrote actually the book that the film is based off of uh, and Braulio Mantovani wrote the screenplay um, starring Alejandro Rodriguez, Leandro Firmino, and uh, Sayu George. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about, in the slums of Rio, nicknamed the City of God, uh, like the worst sort of uh, favela, they call it, in uh, Brazil. And it's sort of a group of kids from when they're young to when they're older and sort of the stories and how they kind of go down different paths of the drug world, violence. Uh, someone wants to be a photographer and that sort of stuff. I had never seen this movie. This was a big mark on my movie watching list. Like, you know, sort of people say, you've never seen city of God sort of thing. So I'm, thank you for having me show it Cause it's an easy 10 out of 10 for me. Like no question. Yeah. Um, so
2: when, when was the first time you saw city of God? I saw it in the theater. I actually wanted to see something else that night and, it was I for some reason I think we I don't know I think we were late or something I can't remember but for some reason I wound up actually going into City of God just on a whim you know and I was not ready you know <laughs> I, I, I wasn't <laughs> ready for uh, that uh, I, that it it was it it just blew my mind all the way apart you know um
0: mm-hmm.
2: I think the thing that really stuck with me was there's so much comedy in that movie. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. And there's so many moments of joy and, and for that to be taking place, you know, against this, this backdrop of, you know, living in a really violent neighborhood and seeing so many people having to do without and just do what they have to do. It just, the movie didn't feel like it was all suffering Hmm. For me, and I, I I just, I, I just, it felt like a magic trick. I guess I expected the movie to feel a lot heavier, knowing, you know, sort of knowing, I, 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 like I knew that it was about, you know, the favelas, and that's about it. That's about all that I knew about it, and mm-hmm. and and so it was. I, I, it, it, I, I don't understand. I just don't understand how you could have a movie that feels so unforced, yet so funny, yet so violent, yet so heartbreaking all at the same time. Um, I just I i think it's it's definitely like a, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen, period. It, it, like it's always, you know, if anyone ever asked me what is give me what are you, what is one of your favorite movies, that's one of them. If it's if it's yeah. not my absolute favorite movie.
1: Magic Trick, that's a very, that's an awesome way to put it. I think I'm going to steal that from you moving forward. Because, like, everything about it, there's, like, everything makes sense for the film. It is such a polished screenplay. The cinematography is perfect. Like, every little thing, I mean, when I was watching it, I'll, I'll try not to spoil it too much, because if in case other people haven't seen this, like, I haven't, but the way the beginning matches up with the end. No. And I'd, I didn't even think about that. Like when it was leading up to that, I'm like, what is going to happen? And then it recreates some things. And I was like, I, I mean, I that was like one of the one of the best, like, you know, like completion of a story moments I've seen in film. Like I, I was completely blown away when I saw that. Yeah. And just the way, like, you know, in terms of like the heartbreak stuff, like they're introduced so many characters and you love them so quickly. And then some go away, literally like, in the blink of an eye and like they're moving on to the next thing. It, it, it's, it's so
2: crazy. Right. right. That's the thing. I think the thing about is something about violence in movies that that's weird, fast and untidy and that, that hits me a, a hell of a lot more than, than making it something heroic when it's fast and weird and sloppy. And then like immediately there's, you know, you see the pain that that violence wrought like Im- immediately. It's so effective. I think the other thing I was struck by was I didn't realize this until recently that so many of those actors were first-time actors. Exactly what I was going to say. we were on the same wavelength. Okay. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> I didn't know that for the longest time.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, in terms of like again, another magic trick portion of it, and how like it feels so real is because it is very real. Like a majority of the actors were from either the real city of God or a surrounding favela around it. I mean, they tried the filming like right by there Um, from what I understand, it was too dangerous to actually film in the real city of God. So they were filming kind of around the outside, but everything was filmed and all the actors are taking place there. Something that struck me is that uh, Alejandro Rodriguez, who plays rocket, he's essentially the main character for most of the film. There's a scene where he is speaking with someone and he's in a nicer part of town and he says, uh, "Where do I take a shower?" And then he actually says in the film, "I've never had a hot shower before." Um, that was not in the script. That is actually a conversation that uh, the directors caught on film of he had never taken a hot shower before. Whoa! And yeah, I mean Whoa. that's crazy, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that I didn't know. That. That's
1: wow. I mean, that's heavy. That's I mean, so I heavy. mean, it's it's crazy that like they're able to take some of the darkest moments and situations like in their life and put it to film. Like, I mean, I'm no actor. Uh, so I could not see myself doing that as an actor yourself. Like what do you think it would take to sort of take really like personal, like extremely personal things? Like, obviously you don't have to say what these are, but you know, there's a line right for people. Like would you be able to cross sort of that line in terms of where you would want to take your performance and what stories you would want to tell to, to that level of like personal, does that make sense? Yeah, what I'm saying there? totally. You
2: know, it's like, the things like the deepest dives into my personal life would be pretty boring. Um, <laughs> and at, you know, at, at they'd be boring at best and embarrassing at worst, you know, it's, it's and so it's, um, I feel, I feel lucky in that regard, <laughs> you know? Okay, and, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, but there are, I'll tell you, there is a moment, there's a moment for me almost in, in every Part that i play where the character there's an aspect of the character that i don't like that i realize is me and that's hmm. why i don't like it you know it's like it's a, okay. it's, yeah, yeah. it's a flaw that i have that i don't want exposed you know and uh and i find myself sort of like you know, struggling against it and, and struggling in those scenes. And so I don't know, it, it, to, to just sort of take your experience and put it out there, uh, it, takes, it takes a lot of gumption and, and, and a lot of will. And, you know, it, for me, it's, all, it's always like a, a real struggle. So I can only imagine if the life that is depicted in City of God is close to your existence, how agonizing that could possibly be. Uh, yeah. For certain personalities, you know, mm-hmm. some people need to get it out. Some people need to exercise that, and then other people, they're like, "I, I'd rather not think about it," you know.
1: Right, right. Um, are you a fan of not just Brazilian films? Are, are you a fan of foreign films, foreign language films in general? Is that sort of like an interest in your cinema watching? Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. Just because there's a there. Yeah there's just an outlook that is different from, from the American outlook. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's always really interesting to see it and to, you know, to, to see like the sort of neural pathways that people forge in a society and how they are so different from like one mass of people on one piece of land thinks completely differently from another mass of people on another piece of land. And, Seeing the ways in, in in which we differ, in what's important and what's devastating, what brings joy—that's it's always it's it's always just a, a really eye-opening experience for me. Also, performances are very different, you know. Like mm-hmm. the and and I couldn't imagine any American actor approaching one of the parts in City of God, and and doing it. In that, in, that, in that specific way And having it feel truthful um, yep. So You know, I, yeah, I love watching Foreign films just because it, 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 I, I just love hearing and seeing How, how other groups of people uh, what, what are the Or rather, not other groups of people think But rather how there are commonalities Within a culture That are mm-hmm. different from the commonalities in, in the culture that I'm used to um, So Final
1: question here uh, City of God, Malcolm X. Do you see a through line between those two films and why you think uh, they changed your life?
2: Oh, well, that, that, that question takes time. But I can tell you <laughs> that Malcolm X changed my life in a very... I, there, was a, there was a definite shift in my thinking after watching that movie and a shift that I'm, that I'm grateful to have had at the time that I had it. And I feel like city of God shifted my thinking again. I think it's um, like with Malcolm X, it was more about the way I view the world and the way I view people around me and what's being told to me. And I think with city of God, it just it cracked open my ideas about what the breadth of experience that's possible when telling a story. And uh, because the movie for me is just so many things. It, it's as, as harrowing as it is, it's a movie that I rewatch because of the joy in it. And it's not about, you know, it's there's, there's not that sort of evangelical missionary sort of, you know, like, going in, saving all the people, look at how rough these lives are. It's right. That's not what it is. And I, I really, I, I, I really appreciate the fact that it it feels like people living their life in circumstances that I can't understand. And the fullness of, of that life is not just about the suffering. It's not just about the danger. And, uh, I, I feel like maybe up until that point, I had a much narrower view. Of how mm-hmm. stories dealing with that type of subject matter, uh, how they need to be told, and now it, I, I don't hold that opinion at all, you know. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you so much. This is awesome. Th- Ed, again, I will thank you again for having me see City of God. I can't. Believe yeah, I man. It, it
2: always makes me happy when I can when I can yeah. introduce people to that movie. It's it's, it's, so it's just amazing.
1: So looking forward to the Emmys. You have your Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy for The Good Place and cheaty uh, A bunch of your other Good Place uh, cohorts are there, including Outstanding Comedy Series, Outstanding Writing. Looking forward to the show. I, I hope you have a fun time doing all the sort of stuff leading into the show and, and, and that night. However, it's going to take place. I'm sure it's going to be a new experience for you. So I'm oh, yeah. um, looking forward to all
2: that. Oh, no, this is, you know, it's, um, I'm actually okay with, uh, with being at home um you know for, for that part of it i get really nervous um so it's uh yeah it'll be it'll be really interesting I i'm so curious how this is all gonna play out
1: thanks so much for listening be sure to head over to imdb.com slash podcasts for more content on william and to easily add the movies that changed his life to your imdb watch list
2: you know how to book flights and hotels